This episode of the Dicebreaker podcast is sponsored by Wild Bills. Ditch the manufactured flavors. Your taste buds deserve better. Treat yourself to Wild Bills premium handcrafted soda pop. Mouthwatering beverages that allow you to escape to the most interesting places imaginable. Cheers to refusing the drink from the mainstream. Cheers to kick-ass canned. Cheers to being veteran-owned and operated. At Wild Bills, flavor isn't everything. It's the only thing. Use discount code CHEERS15 for 15% off your first order. This week's Dicebreaker podcast, Liv, did we nail it? We didn't nail it, no, but it's, we're on. We nailed it. (laughs) But it's happening. That's that's the Dicebreaker promise. (laughs) Almost perfection. Mm -hmm. You know it. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm Matt Jarvis. I'm the editor in chief for Dicebreaker. I'm joined this week by two, well, I say two special guests. One kind of special guest, one special guest, and of course, Liv. Uh, Liv, we'll start with you. Welcome back. Oh, How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm uh, focusing wildly on the on making sure OBS is working correctly, but I'm doing great. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I missed I missed out on last week, so I'm excited to be here for episode 67. Yeah, Cheers. it's good to have you back. Uh, and returning to the podcast for the first time in a while, Chase Carter, how are you doing? Hi, I'm Chase. I'm only kind of special. Yeah, I mean, you're a regular face on the website at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and yeah, you know, at some point you become old guard. You slip into the kind of like, yeah, yeah, you know, the luster wears away. But mm-hmm. we're still still delighted to have you with us as always. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm in the, if you couldn't tell by the accent, I'm in the US. It's a nice morning. I've had two cups of tea and I'm ready to go. Excellent stuff. And our very special guest, first time on the podcast, but also a very familiar face over on the Dicebreaker website, <laughs> Jason Coles. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be on, finally. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about this for a while, I was just saying before we started, but I'm delighted to December. finally have you on. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's always the way we're like, we should definitely do that. And then multiple months pass. It's like, <laughs> oh, right, yeah, like time, it moves. Uh, but yeah, it's good to have you here. I'm delighted to have you all with us as we, if you're new to the Dicebreaker podcast, we chat about board games, we chat about card games and RPGs and all sorts of stuff. Uh, let's kick off, as we always do this week, about... Uh, by chatting about what we've been up to, uh, Jason, as our special guest, let's kick off with you. What have you been doing lately? You've been playing anything? Been watching anything? Uh, I've been watching a lot of anime, and I just oh, had to be this morning. <laughs> I was having an aria as to whether or not to mention anime on the podcast, and I think I'll just leave it at that rather than like. They can't stop us now, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Jason, please uh, carry on. You're going to delight Matt, and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just started Vivi this morning. I think it's Vivi or Vivi about the android uh, who there's a, a, a an AI that's sent into a teddy in the past to stop an AI apocalypse, basically. Wow. Um, and that's that's pretty cool. So definitely worth a look if you if you've not seen it. Um, in terms of gaming, I have been playing a lot of MTG Arena. Um, which, despite really enjoying Magic the Gathering, isn't something I do that often. But the new set has has properly dragged me in because I really, mm. I really like it. Um, and then a bunch of like Rocket League and Monster Train. So old regulars for Jason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I should say because um, well, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. You have a piece up on the website uh, as of yesterday. Uh, chatting about the new set and it's so it's already out on arena right and it's out next mm-hmm. week 
uh, yes. in paper or tabletop, however you want to put it. Uh, yeah. And I think, has everyone here now played the new set on Arena? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. What do what do you all think as kind of like, you know, for those who don't know, it's it's the first Magic the Gathering crossover with D and D. Mm -hmm. So all yeah. the cards are D and D stuff. It's like mm -hmm. here's the Vorpal Sword. Here's a gelatinous cube. Here's mm -hmm. a Drist. 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 Yes. Um, I don't know what else is there. Um, what's the one with the eye? Vecna. Vecna's in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a cool set of cards as well. Yeah. Other body parts that have fallen off. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Various body parts. <laughs> but yeah, how you're finding it? Because I feel like, like, Liv, you're very much, like, very big into D&D. &D. Mm. Uh, like, Jason and Chase, I think you're more kind of on the magic end. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm kind of, like, floating in the middle somewhere. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to know your kind of, like, various thoughts on how the set is has come across to each of you. Uh, who wants to start? Yeah, uh, Jason, do you want to give it a go? I suppose that makes sense. Um, yeah, I I think it's excellent. As an as a Magic the Gathering uh, player, primarily rather than D and D, I think it does a really good job of implementing the ideas of D and D in a way that makes sense within the confines of the card game, as well as adding in new twists and mechanics that make sense. And there's just little a few really, really clever nods to D&D, like um, nearly every creature nowadays in Magic Gathering has some kind of wordy ability, mm -hmm. um, but they've made it thematic by just giving it a skill name this time, most of the time, and it's such a small thing and it doesn't really change the game itself, but it does make it feel like it's it's been infused with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, which I think is really cool. Um, and the set itself is a lot of fun to play with as well. There are a few really cool cards. Um, the draft format's great. Uh, I'm really enjoying it a lot. Nice. Liv, let's let's go over to you as the, right. as the D and D end, Ooh. as D D and D correspondent Liv <laughs> That's coming <me>. in. <laughs> I'm I'm, lo I'm loving that's like my official title now. Um, yeah, no, I I'm I'm loving it, especially because well, I started playing Magic before the um, deck the the new. Uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms cards came out, um, so I was playing Strixhaven stuff and everything mm -hmm. else, blah blah blah. Um, and I was getting into magic like regardless of you know it having a D and D element in it. But now that there is a pack out that I feel like I understand, you know, I feel like I'm in on the on the joke kind of a little bit. Um, yeah. So like I'm I know exactly what a card means when it comes out, and like oh you know that ability is a really fun way to kind of convert, you know, what um, the D&D background of that card might be. So for example, um, I mentioned Vecna, um, if you have like this uh, tome or something that's an artifact, you can like place that to the side. And then if you get, if you have the eye of Vecna and the hand of Vecna, you can sacrifice all three of them to create Vecna, which is like an eight by eight, like, um, um, the creature that is very intimidating and a lot mm -hmm. um so yeah it's just like a it's just i'm i'm having a blast basically <laughs> it's like um i just got into magic and they were like hey live this is for you and i was like thank you so much i really appreciate yeah. wizards um but yeah what about you chase so i'm going to start off by live asking you a question mm. if if you had if you weren't here at dicebreaker and like you know wanted to like play this like for your job but also like because it's D&D would would you have like 
as a D&D player, wanted to try magic because of this set? Um, I think, yeah, I think so. If it had come to my attention that magic was like, oh, you know, I'm just make, taking advantage of the whole being run by wizards thing, I think I finally would have, because it was something that I was like tempted by like for okay. a while. So this would have been like a nice push off the edge. Yeah. Because I, I agree with everything. I think it's a wonderful set. Drafting is a lot of fun. It's like taking the place of the core set, which they normally do like a core 20, 20, 20, 21. This is like taking the place of the core set. So it has all the sort of like core set sensibilities. It's it's bigger. Um, there's a lot of different abilities to play with. Um, a lot of different like new mechanics and returning com- uh, mechanics as well. And it's a little bit slower on the power curve. It's not. It's a little bit of a slower game. And things aren't quite as powerful. So it's it's a little bit better for say people who passed on maybe Kaldheim or Zendikar. Zendikar was a pretty powerful set. Um, it's a nice jump in for that. That said, I truly don't believe that like this is the game. Like this is the set that's really trying to like get people who play Dungeons and Dragons to play Magic the Gathering. It's fun, it's flavorful, and obviously for Liz, who just is kind of skewering my whole argument here. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond those, th- th- like a few people who were thinking about it anyway, I, it's something that I know, like reading, uh, leading up to this, that they said they kind of wanted this to like bridge between their two games. They wanted to get mm-hmm. D&D, which is, God, just massively popular, right? Get some of those people over to play Magic the Gathering, which is really big, but not nearly as big as D&D. It would make sense from a business perspective to get some folks over there. Mm-hmm. And while it's flavorful, I just don't think it does the sort of things that D&D does that is going to offer a bridge for those folks to be like, well, why would I just learn a whole new game if I haven't gotten into magic already? Yeah. It doesn't make a good argument beyond flavor, beyond like, oh, neat, I know that character. Oh, neat, that's Drizzt. That's a gelatinous cube. That's a plus two maze. Like, beyond that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a great set. It's just not the bridge between the games I think they might have wanted. I think um, for me, I think because I was kind of interested in magic anyway, but I hadn't made that leap. I think for me, that was what it would have given yeah. me that nudge. But if you're, if I was entirely uninterested in magic, then probably not, to be honest. Yeah. Um, oh, would you mind if I point out that Scott Perkins has, has given us a super chat? Thank you so much, Scott. Yeah, thanks very much, Scott. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one, right? It's like Wizards of the Coast have gone so big on D&D, particularly in the last few years along with its explosion. So we've seen things like Dungeon Mayhem, the party game, which is like a game in and of itself. And yeah, I think there is something to be said for, I'm guessing the magic is already pretty big. There's like a lot of interest there. So like designing an original D&D card game is probably not going to be worth their time because they obviously want people to get into magic and then people buy the magic sets that come out, but maybe aren't D&D. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting kind of, uh, like halfway house, I guess, of like we need to take so there's things like venture, which seems kind of interesting, and in that you go through dungeons. There's like you know, oh, it's the it's Tomb of Annihilation, it's Dungeon of the Mad Mage, it's um, Lost Mine of Fandelver. Uh, but they still are kind of beholden to the magic structure of you have to use mana to cast things, you you know, are playing creatures, you're playing enchantments, and it seems like they've done a good job within that kind of framework, mm. but I guess. Like, I wonder if it's almost a victim of its own success in that they can't... Wizards, as a massive corporate entity, can't go outside too far of mm-hmm. the things yeah. that it already has momentum mm-hmm. behind. I don't so, see it taking that chance, honestly. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. It's like, why create a new card game when you have Magic the Gathering? Like, and, and you know, we're going to see Warhammer in Magic the Gathering. We're going to see Lord of the Rings in Magic the Gathering. 
Like the the kind of genius of it is that it fits. That I mean, all the sets that have come out over the last thirty, like almost thirty years. Yeah. No, they they've gone to ancient <clears throat> Egypt. Essentially, they've gone mm. to the Norse Viking kind of history. They've gone to steampunk. They've gone to you name it. They've gone there, and it's mm. kind of the brilliant thing about magic. But I think it's interesting when you take something that is so rich and fleshed out like D and D, you know, and they can only go so far into it before like you would be essentially just breaking down what you've built uh yeah. which again as a massive company that just wants to make even more money mm-hmm. like i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure at some point someone was doing those calculations in a spreadsheet somewhere and going well if we put the two together it's going to make x billions yeah. uh, <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than trying to create and build up a brand in its own right mm-hmm. of like the D and D the card game or or something like that mm. but it's it's an interesting one i think like it's interesting to hear what you'll think about it um and it i think it will be interesting to see whether it really does find momentum among folks who like dnd or or whether it just becomes like another magic set that people who are into magic pick up because rotation like want to stay you know on top of the cards mm. but like you say is it are we going to see the audience for magic jump as the result of this or is it just going to kind of stay as it is mm-hmm. for now? I, I will say that as a corset it's probably the best in the past like year out of the past year of sets it's probably the best jumping on point for someone who like has never played before and kind of wants to get in on it um if you just play like adventures in the forgotten realm yeah. um i wish i could say that there were like better like sort of starter products like that's the sort of thing that i would want to see if i feel like they were actually doing the push they just didn't really create any like sort of like beginner products like starter sets anything like that to sort of like really pivot with this like dungeons and dragon theming you could slap that logo on the box of anything and it's just like there's commander decks there's collector boosters there's all this sort of stuff that they've done there's just nothing for like really making it easy for folks to get in despite it being a pretty good set for folks to jump in and learn if you want to do that it's definitely a lot easier to jump into this than it was last year's core set um which i if i remember correctly had phasing which even among magic players is this like monumentally confusing thing that happens mm-hmm. and i remember part of the marketing around that was talking about how uh it was going to be a great set for beginners and then you've got to fairy then he's like i'm phasing you out of existence yeah. and there's a bunch of new players who now don't pick that up and they're like what the hell is that <laughs> i don't understand <laughs> what that means at all yeah yeah exactly yeah. um it's hard enough getting used to like instant speed and sorcery speed let alone right. some of the other things um so i do agree it's definitely probably it's definitely one of the better sets to jump into, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I think they pushed it as far as they thought they could push Magic the Gathering players rather than the game. Yeah, I think they could push the game further. Totally. But if you look at the reaction to things like dice rolls, um, you've got players complaining about how it adds variance to the game. Like, it's not already a game about <laughs> variance anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you're drawing cards from a deck, unless you know what's coming, it's a game of RNG. That's how it works, even if you yeah. build your deck well. Um, so I still think dice roll makes it dice rolls and things like that make it a lot more interesting. Um, I think what I want to see really is another one of these in a couple of years' time that pushes it even further. And I'd like to kind of see them continue down this path, not necessarily just with the Dungeons and Dragons sets, but certainly with the other crossover sets. Like I want to see how far they can get before, like the the more reasonable Magic players also start losing their mind, basically. Totally. Find that line. Make some yeah. wild swings. 
just Absolutely. smash it. Yeah, exactly. Just mess the game. Like mess up, mess with the game. 100%. They're going to ban something anyway, so you may as well like go hard. <laughs> yeah. Question: Are they doing like pre pre gen decks around the D and D classes? Because that feels like the most kind of no. obvious. Like, hey, you're a rogue in D and D. Like, here's a here's you know you've got the rogue enchantment. Like, because the the classes are now enchantments, right? So mm-hmm. that feels like you could build a deck around that, and you know a D and D player would be like, oh, I'm a rogue. I want to be a rogue in magic too. Like, right, there yeah. we go. Yeah, I want to I want to say they're doing something like that in arena. But they're not oh. releasing decks in paper around that, which I think is a real missed opportunity because, yeah. like you say, like this is the cleric deck. You heal yourself constantly. The, the classes are almost perfect. Like the way they've done those are fantastic. Mm, very good. The fact that you can pay mana to level them up and the, the effects they have are all very on I point. I love level up. I'm so it's, glad level it's back so much fun. Way. Yeah, it's so, so much fun. So I think they've done a really good job with that. But yeah, like not having just this is the rogue deck. This is the barbarian deck. That's that would be amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. big whiff. Yeah, I'd love to, like, because Jumpstart seemed really cool. Uh, was it last year Jumpstart came out? The kind of, like, you take two halves, you mix them together. But again, you know, have a tiefling, like, half deck. Have a, <laughs> you know, cleric half deck. Let me put those together, and I'm a tiefling cleric. Yeah. You know, it just, yeah, D&D is all about kind of creating your your character, right? So you could build decks around that. Sorry, Lev, you were saying something. I was just saying that that was very clever, Matt. <laughs> that was it. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad I passed over to you so that yeah. you could phrase something <laughs> yeah, else. Just, like, just a couple of stuff. <laughs> Sorry, Liv, you were saying something. You were saying something. Yeah. <laughs> but Matt, that's built upon the preconception that Wizards wants to continue to even support Jumpstart, which they don't. Mm-hmm. They sort of yeah. like, everyone loved that, and they said, great, we're never mm-hmm. doing that again. Do what will probably happen regarding the classes is there will be an offshoot of Commander or something similar where players just go, do you know what? You get to start with this class enchantment and play. You can level it up as you go. You can build your deck around this enchantment. You have to be within those colors. That will be a huge amount of fun. And I, I absolutely guarantee that people will do that. Whether or not that's supported by Wizards is obviously an entirely different matter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, well... Uh, let's pass over to Liv. Let's go with you next. What have you been, me? been up to? You've, you've been question. away from the podcast for a week or two. I have. Oh, yeah. I could have thought about what I did the week before, um, <laughs> but I didn't. Um, let me see. Well, we played Carcassonne yesterday. That was mm. that was great. That was the first time I played it, um, which was... Really? Yeah. Classic. What did I, you think? I, I did enjoy it. Yeah. it like um, It's very simplistic, and it's also like... It's got... You know how... So something that kind of got me with Railroad Inc. was I felt like it was like too kind of random, like and the dice rolls and and like I was like, well, there's no possible way I could prepare for this, blah, blah, blah. So I feel like it's got that nice kind of randomness and theming like Railroad Inc. challenge, but it's you can do a lot more with it. So that's the only thing I have to compare it to at the moment. But um, but yeah, no, it it was um, definitely very competitive. I'm glad that I just I didn't come in last it's like the first time on the channel I haven't come in last which is amazing um and um yeah and I and I think it's something I think I'll I'll, I'll end up buying a physical copy because um I think it's definitely worth you know the hype around it um now that I have played it um let's see I've been looking I've been playing magic I know we've just <laughs> talked about a magic a lot but I've playing I've been playing a lot of it online and Wheels has been teaching me like how to play like um like sealed and like uh, drafting a deck and stuff like that which is like 
it's, it's just very exciting because I, I don't think I would have had the opportunity to learn that unless I'd, you know, join the channel. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is very exciting. Um, and yeah, and I'm hoping that I'm getting a bit better, um, a little bit. Um, and in terms of D&D, &D, I haven't been, I haven't played as much because um, um, we've all had to do like adult things and just get our lives together. But um we have I did play a one shot with some friends the other day run by my friend Fuzzy and um, it was just basically we were in the sewers running about being chased by aliens I mean you know very As similar very similar looking to alien to the like trademark <laughs> aliens but like um, oh alien with like capital A alien. yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> which was which was very fun but um, distinct obviously um, <laughs> I'm enjoying being chased by these legally distinct aliens. Exactly, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I got to play my... Uh, so I've got a, an Azamar who is a... Uh, what is she? She's a warlock. She is a celestial warlock. That's it. So basically it's like you take the warlock um, class, which is great, but like it, it's basically um, the most healing cleric like warlock um subclass you can take so you have like a pool of d6s that like you get a number of them equal to your level and you can just as a bonus action like throw up to four d6s at like people who are um who are injured and heal them up that way which i think is a very fun mechanic that you can use um mm. and uh yeah so that was it's pretty cool uh, and i don't think i've been kind of what have i hmm, been watching anything I mean, I would say too hot to handle, Matt, but I got like raced through that. My goodness! Because I've I've now finished the second season of. We did yeah. chat. I chatted about it a little bit last week on the podcast, oh, but they were they were non-believers. The rest of the team that I could not bring them around to too hot to handle. I cannot believe it. It's a it's classic. It's trash TV at its finest. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it is like capital T trash TV, mm -hmm. but it's it's very good in that vein. Like if you know what you're going in for, yeah. like the production is very good. Yes. Like they they pull all the kind of like drama strings along the way. Mm -hmm. Just sat there like I can't believe Marvin and Melinda. I can't <laughs> believe Cam and Emily. You know, it's exactly. yeah, it's. It, in the same way that, like, I've never watched EastEnders and I've never mm. understood the appeal of EastEnders, but I feel like this I get. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm invested moment to moment in mm -hmm. the drama of these people I've never met. Exactly. Uh, which and... has been carefully edited for consumption. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's totally not scripted at all, except it absolutely is. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, so that's, I, I enjoy, really, I really enjoy Too Hard to Handle, but I also, I don't know if anyone's heard of this, it's called Are You the One? which is basically right. oh matt you love it you love it. <laughs> so it's uh you have like a group of like uh 20 people in a house and apparently like each there are like each couple has a perfect match that's been decided by like i don't know a computer i don't know what by but um everyone has to like go has to like find their perfect match but then people who are not each other's perfect match end up getting together and it's like oh no this is this has to be my perfect match blah 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 and then they go into this weird like sci-fi room and it's just like you are not a perfect match it's a whole thing it's very silly oh. and uh, yeah it's incredible <laughs> that's almost like, like a horror show yeah a little bit say, like a social deduction game except it's like yeah. people's romantic lives yeah it's like one person here isn't a werewolf they're your perfect match <laughs> you have to try and identify them 
<laughs> exactly. No, that's that's legitimate. I think that's probably partly why I really like it because I love me some social deduction. So, <laughs> um, uh, so that's good. Also, a fun like LGBT uh, fact about that: they did like season eight, I think, and they did one that was just like any like it was just like a everyone was like pansexual and you could like fall for like you could be anyone's perfect match and blah 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 and i was like oh this is like the first like dating show i've seen that's done this like ever so that's oh, so yeah. across, like gender binary lines mm, normally exactly. mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah like uh it's normally just like ah oh, yes uh heteronorm very heteronormative but um but yeah no um this uh season was like oh my god why isn't there more of this please more thank you <laughs> yeah um but yeah that's my uh, this are you the one recommendation from me hi <laughs> that's pretty much Very what well. i've been doing yeah i'm gonna go seek that out um while while it's in my mind because i for some reason this came back up as you were talking about the kind of sci-fi feel <laughs> of this mm-hmm. have you ever watched game of clones no <laughs> so game of game of clones another kind of trashy dating show mm-hmm. the premise <laughs> is there's one person mm-hmm. they describe their ideal person in terms of physical terms mm-hmm. and the producers of the show find like a dozen people that look roughly identical <laughs> and fit these things and then they have to kind of take all t- 12 of them or 10 of them however many there are on dates <laughs> but the idea is that they are all identical <laughs> effectively so you know scary. in terms of physical <laughs> characteristics it's very odd <laughs> that sounds that's horrifying yeah. Yeah. i can't decide if that's more existentially terrifying for the person or the 10 other people yeah. who someone decided they look almost exactly the same you're like oh there's just 10 other of me i guess yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's really something I guess it's kind of nice that because like you're like well we all look the same I guess I just have to let my personality shine <laughs> I suppose yeah um, I think that that's the way they kind of make it less horrifying than the premise is yeah. <laughs> yeah where it's like you know once you get past the looks of people because they will look the same you'll then dig into their personality as if you know you need that kind of impetus to mm-hmm. judge people by something other than their looks but I'm very excited. Okay. It sounds like okay. Matt, we've got two new shows to watch, or a new show to yes. watch. Yes, I so feel like fun. at some point, Liv, this becomes this will become you and me sat in a room yeah. somewhere recounting trash TV that people yes. should watch. We should make that happen. Absolutely, yeah. Like a subscription video. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, that yes. membership video. Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will. We will get onto that. But first mm-hmm. of all, Chase, let's hand over mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to this week? Any non-trash? Yeah, so, um. <laughs> So I've been playing Magic, which uh, if I lose, is trash. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been drafting uh, as much as my currency allows. I have not yet put any money in there, but gosh, I'm so close. I'm going to get there. Um, yeah, the drafting is a lot of fun, but that's Magic, uh, Magic Arena. I've also been playing a solo RPG called Ostro, which are these, mm. like, it comes in these two, like, like sort of, like, pamphlet-looking things. Mm. Uh, it's by Timothy Watkins. Uh, it came out during Zine Quest, and I backed it on Zine Quest. Um, it is the best way to describe it is like the exploration part of Wind Waker, um, where you're just sort of like charting uh, the sea and going around. There's like an island in each little like like nautical square on this map, and you discover something. In this game, you are trying to chase down five pieces of a uh, treasure map that leads to this like legendary pirate treasure where your old captain is supposedly going. They said they found the treasure and started off this gigantic hunt all through Ostro, which is this. Um, sort of like nationless sea, like a like a, a big like coalition of like pirates and 
privateers and other sort of like folks like that. Um, so you have your ship and your crew. Um, there's like, you can be one of different, like five different sort of nautical races. You can be a frog person or a turtle person or a whale person. Mm. Um, a lot of different stuff. And so you have your crew, you have your ship and you have some ship stats like crew, arms, sails and hull, which can like sort of vary, vary, vary across like minus three to plus three. Um, and different, um, <clears throat> like things that you come across every time you come into a new sort of like square which i have this big map that i drew a bunch of like lines so it's like just a big gridded map and every time you come into a new grid you roll uh 2d10s so d percentile and then the book is just like full like a hundred of these like uh random encounters they can be good you could just like come across and like i came across an island full of weavers and they were like oh heck yeah we've got some cheap sales we'll give you some really good sales um or I could sail straight into a reef made out of like living jellyfish that begin to eat my ship alive as I sail through it. Um, and so the whole thing is, and as you go through, you can mark down and on your map, like you make a little dot and be like, okay, this is the village where like the weavers are. If you need to come back, you can come back and do this again. So the whole thing is about trying to find these pieces of treasure, which can come across from uh, random encounters while also making sure that you keep your crew happy and your ship uh, up to date. Um, because you can come across the Northern Navy, which will try to sink you. You can come across other pirates that will try to steal your stuff. So it's you're trying to manage these stats while also slowly, gradually charting the sea and trying to find all these different locations. So if you find a nice port of call, you got to remember that because if things are dire, you need to make a straight sailing point directly to there uh, and try to like lick your wounds before you go back out. Um, and that's it. It's a solo RPG, so I, I can just spend a couple hours charting unknown parts of the ocean, finding treasure, getting into trouble, and that's it. It's nice. Like, it's not any of the other part of Wind Waker, so there's no, like, overarching story. In fact, like, the narrative part is a little, a little weak, and I think that's on purpose. It really is up to you whether you want to, like, I have a journal and I'm taking notes and kind of, like, building out my favorite crew members based on what happens. Um... And if you don't want to do that, you could just like take like very sparse notes about what happened and just keep rolling. And you could maybe blow through this game in four or five hours tops. Um, but I'm 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 really sort of like taking a lingorious route through the sea and really enjoying everything I come across. Yeah, that sounds great. Is it out on like something like Itch as well? Can you get it digitally, or is it just, yes. is it just Scene Quest? Okay. Yes. Um, I don't have Timothy Watkins itch page pulled up, but if you just search like Timothy Watkins itch or Ostro itch, it's definitely there. You can get it digitally. Um, I don't know if they are still selling these like sort of pamphlet things, but gosh, like the, the sort of just like wide pamphlet look of these is like wonderful. Um, I, I love it. Um, it's a great looking game, it plays well. Uh, so if you're looking for just a bit of like nautical flavor, I recommend trying it out. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. And then, sorry, go ahead, Liv. Um, I was just thinking, um, we do have a, I think we have a video about solo RPGs that's on the channel. So if you're looking mm -hmm. for more solo RPGs that probably similar, you should check that mm -hmm. out. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and then my D&D group has fallen through because we picked up The Quiet Year. And which is, I think everyone but me, it's our first time playing The Quiet Year. Mm -hmm. And they fell in love immediately. Mm -hmm. And so we canceled our game going forward until we finished The Quiet Year. We're actually meeting tonight. We're doing a potluck, din potluck dinner. And then we're just going to try to keep playing more The Quiet Year. Um, if you're unfamiliar, it's a game by Avery Alder. Um, it is a sort of world building, map making game, collaborative stuff. Um, 
you have a deck of cards and it's all arranged by suit and the first suit is spring and then you go into summer and then fall and then winter and then at some point in winter the frost shepherds a metaphorical frost shepherd will arrive and that ends the game and it's all about sort of like building out communities finding the sort of like connections between them um and this can be on any sort of scale it can be like a small group of towns it could be a whole nation it's kind of up to you and as you go through the seasons, like spring is all about like finding things, interesting discoveries, who, who are the big factions, who's in power, who knows each other. As you get into summer, some conflict starts to boil up, and then fall is all about making some hard choices. And then winter is, winter is when things die, mm-hmm. in every sense of the word. Um, so it's really interesting. We're just now heading into the height of summer. They're cracking. We're on an asteroid out in space. Um, there's a space station. There's a corn cult. Um, the worm wranglers have turned into worm rangers. They've militarized. There's an asteroid belt kind of out farther west protecting this weird alien that lives on a trash heap. Um, I don't know where any of that's going, but we've got so many pieces on the game board to play with. It's going to be a good time. Amazing. Uh, for folks who may recognize Avery Alder's name, they are the designer of Monster Hearts, right? Yep, Monster Hearts. And also Dream Apart and Dream Askew, which are like two belonging outside belonging games or no dice no masters games also very good yeah it feels like we've just seen such a rush of particularly like journaling games map mapping uh, map making games in mm-hmm. like the last year or so but i'm all iddy for it oh i, I feel love like, map yeah games. it's like yeah. one of my favorite kind of genres of like solo rpgs is just just let me draw a map as mm-hmm. i have no artistic talent i'm not a cartographer by trade mm-hmm. or even by association but just being able to draw things in little squares and kind of reveal a world one square at a time is it's just like a very satisfying thing for me yeah have you played ex novo or ex umbra yes i have played one of those ex novo is like the city building one ex umbra is the dungeon building one i think it's ex umbra i haven't played ex umbra but i want to that sounds mad fun yeah it's it was gosh i played it a while ago Unless I'm confused with something else. But I remember having a good time. I didn't play loads of it. I need to go back to it. I think I have the physical um, oh, nice. books, actually, because I think I backed them on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm confused with something else. Like I say, I feel like there have been like a number of dungeon dungeon drawing games, Yeah. and at some point they blend together in my head. But it's good, because I think Delve as well by um, yeah. Anna Blackwell. Yeah, Delve um, in Eyes, I think, is her other one. Yes, yeah. Um, but I played that as well and really, really enjoyed what I played of it. So mm-hmm. those yes. are on my list. I want to get to them. Yeah, yeah they're really good. Uh, uh, that's it. That's all I've been playing. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very boring. I've not been playing very much at all. It's been uh, a busy week in a lot of records. Um, I have been playing Solitaire Stories uh, on uh, iOS. Uh, my wife actually turned me on to this. Uh, it's on Apple Arcade, I think. Uh, I got like a trial, so I've just been flicking through games on there. It is Solitaire, the card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it kind of it's very well presented. It's very slick. It kind of has a story mode, which is a strange thing for a Solitaire game. And all it basically does is step up the difficulty. And what I have learned is that I'm very bad at Solitaire <laughs> because I have to replay each of the missions about half a dozen times before I finally get through them. Um, I'm doing the. There's one that's themed around music, so you do like some le- some levels inspired by Chopin and some levels inspired by Mozart. But what that basically means is delightful. Mm-hmm. It has like a little couple of snippets of text where it's like, then 
they were inspired by Shepard, and then it's just play a game of solitaire. <laughs> it's like play two games of solitaire and then move on to the next mission. It's just solitaire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is it is very slick. Um, it's been a while since I I went for a stage where I really loved solitaire. Um, like I like I would play it physically like all the time. Mm. Like if I went away, I would just be playing solitaire. Um, and so this is this is bringing back the fact that solitaire is kind of like a very good easy way to pass the time. Like I still, it still feels like one of those game, and I'm sure there are people who are actually good at solitaire. This might just be me being very salty about the fact that I'm bad at it. <laughs> but a lot of the time, it just feels like you can play yourself into a corner without even realizing. Like I'm trying to be as thoughtful as I can about, okay, I don't want to take these cards up yet because I might need to get to one that's on top of the ace and things like that. But points you'll get, you know, another five minutes down the line. It's like, oh, I've buried the five parts that I needed. Yeah. If I'd put a different red suit card there i would have been fine but it just feels like at some point it's like yeah like that's <laughs> that's the way it goes like guess i'll restart this again and try and remember that because i think solitaire stories it has fixed setups and deck orders Ooh, i don't know for sure but it says that it ups the difficulties and from what i know as i'm restarting i think at least the setups are identical i don't know if the deck order is as well but it certainly feels like it um, so yeah, at some point it's just me going. Well, I clearly screwed up somewhere along the line. Guess I'll do this again, and then doing exactly the same thing four more times, and going like, "What? Like, I don't know where else to put this to. Of course, it goes on the free, and then being like, "No, no, I'm just, I've utterly, you know, ruined it." Uh, so yeah, it's it's a very slick version of those. Um, I don't know how much further I'm going to get into it because I feel like I'm not very good at it. So I'm just playing the same game of solitaire, like say, like. A dozen times in a row. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds like a nice way to kind of switch things up if you are, you know, really into solitaire though. So just like, yeah, know, it's. For example, my mum is just constantly playing it. So I might be like, hey, ch chat it up a bit, mum. Here you are. Yeah, like I say, it's, it's a really slick thing. It has like an undo button. It has like the presentation is very good. It's very <laughs> satisfying when you move cards around because they go ding. Uh, and like my phone buzzes a little bit and things like that so it's like it's got it's got the hooks in in terms of the the feedback you know as much as solitaire can be kind of <laughs> ramped up into something exciting uh it's it's kind of there uh but yeah it's yeah it's it's a good pass the time game i'm not going to call it a toilet game but it's a good, <laughs> it's a good way to pass the time when you need say five ten minutes uh, <laughs> of course of course i have uh, another recommendation of a pass the time mm. game um so i have downloaded recently you reminded me with um that for android i've downloaded um grim quest which is basically like um an rpg like mobile game uh it's just like a classic like you're an adventurer blah 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 um, and you can go and get, like, you go to um, a shop that sells spells and you can, like, um, buy equipment and you can, like, level things up and, like, get more powerful. But you just, like, set out and you go to, like, different, like, dungeons and eventually get, you just go down level by level. And you have to find, basically, you go from the entrance and you have to find the exit by going square by square by square and it'll get bigger and there'll be more, like, threats and stuff as you go on and you have to have a certain number of supplies on you that will uh, if you go a square that like reduces your number of supplies by one so you can't just go on and on and on so it's like a fun little usually if i'm about to go to sleep and i'm like i can't quite sleep just yet i'm just gonna play i'm just gonna press a bunch of buttons on this um yeah so that's that's a fun little kind of if you're if you just want an rpg in your hand that's Ooh. that's a recommendation for me yeah 
Was it called Grim Grim Quest? Grim Quest, yes. Grim Quest. I will check it out. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that was uh, cool. <clears throat> other than that, uh, I have been playing a game that I can't talk about because it's under embargo. <laughs> I am about to play another game that I can't talk about because it's under embargo. Uh, I have been. Uh, I finished watching Shit's Creek, uh, which became a. I need something to watch for twenty minutes. Uh, as I drift off, I still don't know how I feel about it. I feel like it's one of those shows that I watched because it was kind of, it was 20 minutes long and I enjoyed it, but I was never like, I'm having a great time watching this. I was never laughing my head off. It was just kind of like a, yeah, this is like, this is quite sweet. This is quite funny in points, mm. but I was never, I've seen like some really kind of big praise for it. I was kind of like, mm. it's, it's good. Like it's, it's definitely like good, but I was never kind of bowled over in the same way as it happened with other things. It just feels like a very kind of well-written and well-judged kind of sitcom. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, And then I started watching End of the Effing World, which is also something that I missed on Netflix when I think everyone was talking about it. And again, I was like, I need something for 20 minutes, like mm -hmm. each evening as I fall asleep. Uh, and I've been enjoying that so far. Yeah, that's a, it's so. a really good show. Is there a second season out? I think it's Yeah, I think so, out. yeah. Yeah. And it's like based on a graphic novel, I think, although I haven't read the graphic novel or come across it before, so mm. I don't know how it yeah. compares. Isn't the same author who they adapted another one of their comics, the uh, uh, I'm Not Okay With This, I think? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's mm. the same artist author did both of those. It is. Mm, and I think it's the same showrunner as well across the, the two. Oh, interesting. Okay, same cool. Same crime that I'm Not Okay With This was not renewed for a second season. I am still, I'm not okay <sighs> Net with that. Netflix cursed. <laughs> you know, great shows just get cancelled and eaten by the machine. Net the, I feel like Netflix at least gives them two, right? Isn't the classic thing of like, yeah, two seasons is it, and then mm. whoop, like time to, enough of that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's a that's a shame, but yeah, I'm really enjoying this, so I will uh, have to move over to I'm not okay with this at some point. Yeah, but I'm just looking for I I need things that aren't forty to sixty minutes long, mm. and it feels like they are in such short supply nowadays. Every television show is like forty five minutes at least, mm -hmm. and I just don't have I don't have that. I have exactly <laughs> twenty to twenty five minutes mm -hmm. before I'm you know out. So. I've got lots of programs my daughter loves, which are like seven or eight minutes that I can recommend. <laughs> <if that helps. laughs> Some of them are really good. Some mm. of them are terrible. But... <laughs> yeah, but at, at that length, it doesn't matter how good they are, right? It's like they move no, no. so quick. You'd be yeah. surprised. <laughs> <laughs> there are times. Paw Patrol is a curse upon this earth. Oh, Paw Patrol. <laughs> That's the... my namesake. <laughs> is that the firefighting dogs is that the that's that's the one where a little boy has somehow brainwashed an entire uh, town into giving him all the money and becoming all the emergency services that sounds like a conspiracy oh, that's theory awesome. that's yeah. literally this what's happening show, right <laughs> yeah um, i'm interested louis really good though that's about dogs what's really good sorry very cute. bluey louis it's uh... just hit disney plus it's this this is completely off tangent. Sorry, no, it's like this seven. Look, it's like this, uh, this podcast, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this eight-minute show about uh, these dogs in Australia, and it's just a cute family of dogs. But it's just got like really solid parenting advice, some really touching moments in it, and some really cool kids' games within it. It's just a very, very good show, as opposed to something like like Peppa Pig or or mm -hmm. Paw Patrol, where it's just like colourful nonsense for X amount of time. It's like, no, no, I I learned something watching this. Like this is quite touching, quite enjoyable, mm -hmm. rather than just like, why is this why is this pig this obnoxious? So it's a nice change of pace. <laughs> obnoxious pig. Mm -hmm. Uh 
the new Peppa Pig spell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's move on over to news. Uh, before we get into headlines from around the industry, we have our own news on Dicebreaker this week. Uh, as hopefully uh, many of you saw, we launched memberships this week. We launched Dicebreaker Plus. Uh, yeah. Which this we've adopted this finger <laughs> motion now. It's just become a thing. Yeah. Uh, it kind of looks just like keep a, doing it. a cross. Um, yeah, which is fun. Yeah, no, no <laughs> bad spirits here. If we fend them <laughs> off, it's, uh, yeah. it's not it's not a religious show. Um, so yeah, we've we've launched premium memberships. Uh, we you can watch the trailer on the YouTube channel. I'm not going to go on too long about this because we've already got a trailer out there. You can find out the information on our YouTube channel. Um, but there are a couple of things I just wanted to mention because I think some folks were, you know, we tried to be pretty upfront about what you'll get for like giving us a five a month or like nine quid a month, for, like $10, something like that. Um, but just to be completely clear about it, like nothing that is already on the channel or that we're already doing is going behind a paywall. That's not the case at all. Like this is all extra stuff as the name suggests, like it's stuff on top of the stuff we're already doing. Like we we really do consider this stuff really carefully like we appreciate support we know that there are some folks that want to support us but like can't afford five or ten pounds a month you know that's absolutely fine and like there's no way that we want to take away from that or take away what you're able to like view or be part of so yeah there's there's no way any of that stuff will go behind it like our new D D series that's coming up won't be behind the paywall like mm -hmm. nothing like that this is just extra stuff for those that want to or can like chip us a few quid each month uh, it's behind the scenes stuff. It's stuff that, to be honest, like we wouldn't do on the channel anyway. So mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to do that. It wouldn't fit on the main channel, you know, things like video games or things like behind the scenes or videos about me chatting about anime or me and Liv chatting about trash TV, yeah. like all of the stuff that wouldn't wouldn't fit. And to be honest, that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Um, so yeah, like I know that you know there are there are definitely elements of asking people for money is a big thing like you know especially nowadays like we appreciate that it's it's a big thing to ask for for five pounds a month or ten pounds a month on a regular basis but there's there's no way we're going to be putting stuff behind the paywall um that we that doesn't belong on the main site like we're we're not about that um we want to keep it as accessible as we can like that's that's what the site was created with that's why our tagline is board games for everyone that's that's why we're here um at the same time, you know, those of those folks who, who are able to support us, we wanted to offer something extra, you know, that wasn't, it's not essential, but is just something uh, in return for your money and your support. So, yeah. And, and as we go on, like, no doubt, you know, we will, like, this is new for us. Like, we will do some things right. No doubt we'll do some things wrong. Like, we're paying attention to the feedback. Like, we really do care what people think. We want to get it right. Um, you can read... Uh, post uh, from wills on our youtube channel mm. that did a very good job of articulating this and exactly what it's going to be um but yeah i just wanted to be upfront about the fact that you know we we appreciate the support that people give whatever form it takes like whether that's subscription whether that's just liking a video whether that's just watching a video or tweeting about us like we appreciate it all um so yeah thank you for for those of you who have supported us this this far and will continue to support us going forward um, but if you want to go and check that out, like I say, there's a there's a trailer. You can see some of the stuff that we're doing, um, and where there will be more to come. But yeah, rest assured, like nothing will be going behind the paywall that we would put on the main YouTube. We're not moving focus at all. This is just an expansion of what we're already doing. Um, so I wanted to mention that here. Yeah. Let's move on to other 
news that isn't about ourselves. Um, <laughs> I pulled a couple of headlines this week. Uh, Chase, I believe you wrote this story about a new Warhammer 40k kill team. Yeah, new kill team. Um, they are redoing it again. This is like ground up stuff, which I think the last time they did was in 2018. It's when they redid kill team. Uh, if I can remember my history, so Kill Team is like a skirmish mode for Warhammer 40k. If you're familiar with Age of Sigmar's like Warcry and Underworlds, it's kind of the same stuff. So smaller armies, um, two players, skirmish mode. Um, but this time what they're doing, instead of just like adapting Warhammer 40k's current rules, they said that this is going to be an entirely new rule set. Like this is just their own rules. It is as separate a game I think as like Games Workshop has made in a physical product sort of stuff. Um, so, I mean, all the lore, all the 40k lore is coming over. Um, the first box, Octarius, is going to have the core of Krieg versus Orc Commandos. Um, listen, I'm not a 40k lore person, so please don't come for me, but, like, the core of Krieg is, like, they're, like, sort of, like, trench warfare-looking dudes, and, like, many other Warhammer 40k factions. Their lore starts with their planet dying. Um, they were occupied, and then they bombed it until it was no longer livable. And then the Emperor came along and was like, tithe to me. And they're like, we've got nothing, so we give ourselves. And that's their whole deal. And then the Orc Commandos are just Orc Commandos. They're kind of sneakier. Uh, they look like, you know, sort of like action hero. They got the black leather hats and, like, big guns and sort of, you know, uh, Schwarzenegger-esque uh, fighting style. And it's, so it, the, the Octarius, the box set that they're selling to kick off the new kill team, is going to have both of those. Um, no launch date, pre-orders are coming up pretty soon, but that's par for the course for Games Workshop, uh, new releases. But I think the biggest thing is that, like, they are just, like, sort of tossing out the bat, the baby and the bathwater and starting up fresh with just an entirely new rule set. The one thing I know that we do know that's different from the old one is that it's going to have, like, alternating, uh, activations. So, like, one person will go and they'll, like, move a unit, or if they have certain abilities, you can move several units, mm -hmm. and then your, uh, your opponent gets to respond. And the, what they want to do with that, they've said, is that, like, they want to kind of make this, like, on-your-toes kind of fighting. So, like, whatever strategy you built up could change in a minute. Whatever ability that your your opponent breaks out could, like, completely change the battlefield or, like, you're this, like, part of this, the, the, the skirmish army could just, like, break off and do something else. And you've got to react immediately to whatever objective you're playing. So it's going to be a little bit more action-packed, maybe a little bit faster. And with the smaller armies, it's also going to be a bit more, um, a bit more affordable than, say, you know, building a traditional Warhammer army, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's Kill Team. Nice. I have not played Kill Team. It's always been one of those, like, I was into Warhammer, like, way back when, and this is, this and, like, Warcry, um, like, and even Underworlds have always felt like the, the kind of level that I could get back in on, like, mm -hmm. just, like, handful of models, not hours and hours of painting, like, rule set is trimmed down, so it's not, like, a thick volume of rules, but it's, it's interesting to see them just... Kill Team hasn't been around that long, like you say, like to just kind of completely yeah, redo it feels I'm like... Pretty, I'm pretty sure like they put out new Kill Team stuff, like not new new, but like in the current one, like just a few months ago. Um, I've seen some people like kind of be like, ah, oh, I just like I just bought these, like these are just coming out, and I just finished painting, but I haven't seen too much. Like I think people are fairly positive on the new direction they're going. Hmm. Are you do you think it's maybe um, something that's trying to be more accessible for new players, uh, Chase? Or 
Yeah, um, I think I think the success of Warcry, which as far as I know, Warcry and Underworlds has been a fairly successful like product for them, and I think they really want to do the same for 40k because Kill Team the they kind of need a new name and not just reboot it, but like the current Kill Team um, is it's good, but it's just sort of like they just sort of like modified um, 40k to to fit smaller armies and stuff like that where like underworlds is like it has deck building elements it is different enough from age of sigmar i believe that like you know it's it's an entirely different game so it can it, it can really like if you don't like that just like big army thing but you kind of like the deck building element of, of warcry and underworlds it can bring it in so i think if they're really like sort of like rebuilding the rules they're probably thinking about getting folks in for the first time mm, absolutely um, I'm just gonna also shout out Apex Penguin, who has uh, joined uh, Dicebreaker Plus. Thank you so much. Apex. Yeah, well, thanks very much for the support. Yeah. Chase, is there any, like, something that we've seen a lot of Games Workshop lately is kind of like very limited runs of things? Like, we were chatting about this the other day. Like, I don't think original Kill Team had this issue. Like, obviously, it's, it's been relatively easily available. But is there any sign that this is gonna maybe be like another short kind of run, like, grab it while you can, like, FOMO kind of thing? Yeah, um, the, the the Octarius box that has both the armies and some terrain and all the rules that you need is going to be a limited release. They have just come out and said that. You will be able to buy the army separately going forward. They will be, so you can buy Corps of Krieg and the Orc Commandos in separate, you know, boxes. Uh, that's just the armies. The rules and stuff, I'm sure you'll have a PDF online and you'll have to buy your terrain from Citadel separate, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, the boxed product, as seems to be the case with a lot of recent Games Workshop uh, releases, sort of since Cursed City, Cursed City, the the board game that they did, um, it's just like, yeah, they're going to create a certain amount, and then after that, it's done, and you just can't get it anymore. And a lot of those go through pre-order. So if you don't get it in pre-order, or you don't secure one with your local game store, the chances of you coming across one in the wild, unless you're going to do third-party like resale, is just vanishingly slim especially with uh, shipping uh, woes that are continuing to really cripple a lot of folks. Yeah, it just seems... Because, like, we saw, we've seen not exactly the same, but, like, over in Magic, right, like, uh, there was the Walking Dead secret layer, like, secret layer continues to be, like, layers. Yeah. yeah, like, very limited stuff. Like, it just feels like... Modern Horizons 2. Yeah, like, really... Modern Horizons 2 is print-to-order, I believe, so there shouldn't be a scarcity, but there's a thing... Uh, online actually where some of the cards are worth more in the magic online which is the other version of online yeah. magic you can play that one of the cards was worth more online than it was in paper despite the fact that you can't have digital scarcity <laughs> that's not a thing all artificial yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it costs it costs more it costs substantially more i think it was i think it was like uh, 80% more online than it was in paper which is which is that's absurd yeah absolutely ridiculous yeah yeah it just feels like the because we've we've seen it for a long time with kickstarters you know like mm -hmm. board games that are like if you don't back the kickstarter like you may just miss your chance but things like warhammer things like magic that have always just been very like relatively easy to just pick up mm -hmm. in a local shop you know they are they're games that have made it into the mainstream yeah it feels very odd that they are now well, well, not even recently. Like I say, secretly has been a thing for a while, but like they just have these yeah. very like an increasing um, kind of lean on like that that FOMO feel of like just pushing people to get in at like a certain price point. Like so, there's no chance for prices to slip down over time. Yeah. Like 
to to come in during like a one month window or a couple of weeks window whatever it is it just feels it feels very odd and like in a lot of ways kind of uncomfortable because yeah you know if people people don't have that money or, or unable to invest at that point it you know they've either got a cough up for secondhand copies which then go for absurd amounts on yeah, ebay yeah. um or or they just miss out which just feels yeah like what like say, we... with... sorry yeah one of the weird things is like with curse city with kill team a lot of these products are game modes that they are going to continue to support with like supplemental products with new models new factions and stuff like that so the fact that the sort of starter box whether we're talking about curse city or any of the other like with kill team or any of the boxes the fact that the starter box is not going to exist but the supplements will what if two years down the road you like you just like get into it and you're like oh that looks really cool i want to get the base game so i can play it you kind of have to piecemeal it together or that box just isn't going to exist anymore that's kind of buck wild to me that that's just the reality for a lot of these games it just doesn't make any sense. Like it's it's such an illogical thing, even from a financial standpoint. Like, we're going to print this thing. Secret layers are different. Secret layers are basically like summer skins for your Overwatch characters, yeah. but for Magic cards. Like they're they're well, apart from the Walking Dead one, which is why it was such a <laughs> such a controversy. Yeah. That one wasn't skins; those were brand new cards. Um, that's a whole other thing. But for a game like Warhammer to print something like, oh yeah, this this seems really cool and it sounds awesome. Like that sounds like the kind of thing that non Warhammer players could be like, Oh yeah, I'll get in here. And then yeah. like you say, if they do that any point other than like right now, tough. Yep. <laughs> and that doesn't make any sense. Surely. Surely that makes no sense from a financial standpoint. Yeah. I think like, especially games where like because I correct me if I'm wrong, but like the models in there, right, are like existing mod like existing sculpts or existing models from normal forty K. Like it feels like a lot of the push is kind of on like, hey, you can take these models and then use them in, in the proper 40k. Like it's kind of yeah. entry yeah. step up. Like I yeah. already have five models, so I might as well get ten more kind of thing. Yeah, the ones in the box will have like like some uh, optimization and different like stuff like that you can do. It'll have different builds that you that sort of fit into the rules. And I believe this is the first time the core of Krieg has like had this much of an expanded roster. They've sort of just been like plunky like one or two units every once in a while. And yeah, you'll be able to buy these separately, and you can use them elsewhere. Like you could use them in any conventional army. But yeah, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I don't I like, and I don't think you know people kept expecting the Kickstarter bubble to burst, and it still <laughs> still hasn't. You know, nope. like even even the coronavirus, like its numbers were still up last year, amongst all of that. <laughs> so it just feels like it's not going to be something that's going to go away anytime soon. And you just start to think. You know what? What will be the cause of it actually, mm. like the bubble bursting? But there's no real sign of that for any of this yet. It just feels like it's it's becoming less and less accessible for a lot of people to get in on, on like good games. Like at the end of the day, yeah. like, there are a lot of great sure. games that are just very limited. Yep. Um, let's move on to this next story uh, quickly. I believe Chase, you also wrote this one up about the Avatar RPG, which we covered a little while ago, but now yeah. the the quick start rules are out and we have an actual name for it. That's right. It is Avatar Legends, the role-playing game. Um, and yeah, you can get the quick starter rules now through... Uh, we have a story on the site, and there's a link to Magpie Games, who uh, are publishing it. Um, and you can grab the quick start rules there for free. Um, it's like 40 pages. It kind of runs down. I will say, like, I'm going to have a piece uh, either later today or on Monday, kind of like with my impressions of the quick starter thing and the first adventure that they have in there. Yeah. Um, it is very much positioning itself to be a beginner RPG. 
um, it wants to be in it to, to sort of like piggyback off the other one. This is for people getting into role-playing games. If you're an Avatar fan, you're like, I would love to play games that are set in that world. To clarify, From the quick... is it The yeah. Last Ender, by the way? <laughs> or, or is it Bands yes. of Right. Yes. Probably sexy cat people. Yes. I was like, people, just, people just frothing in their mouth to get those blue cat people back in their lives. Yeah, Finally. James Cameron hasn't put out those seven other films, but he did find time to create a role-playing game. Oh, good. It's like George R. R. Martin doing Elden Ring. Right? Uh -huh. yeah. As a Final Fantasy XIV player, I will take an RPG full of blue sexy cat people. Gosh darn it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah. Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Legend of Korra. Uh, and that brings up a good point. This game stretches across, I think they have five different eras that you can play in. From Avatar Kyoshi, it's kind of built, uh, broken up by Avatar. So Avatar Kyoshi, which is like legendary, it's a time of myth. This is when like the four nations are sort of forming. They're getting their borders coalesced. So there's like a lot of brigands. It's like the first four turns in civilization sort of stuff. So there are going to be bandits roaming around and that sort of stuff. And then you have Roku, which is like sort of like there's an uneasy peace, but there's that tension building that obviously gives way to the Hundred Year War when the Fire Nation attacked. And you can play during that period as well. Then they have Avatar Aang's era, which is like after the show and based on some comics that were put out. Um, and that is like all about like trying to deal with this new world that uh, Aang and the crew throughout the series helped bring about. And then you can go into Korra's, which is Republic City, the sort of like steampunky esque, like it's more like sort of like industrial china like industrial age china whenever like hong kong was becoming like a new world uh like sort of like the paris of the east if i'm going to use like sort of it's very orientalist to say that but like it was very much like hong kong became a new center for culture and trade and stuff like that and republic city is obviously built uh based off of that so you can play in any of those five eras and it there it's designed to give you different styles of storytelling depending on which era you choose and then like uh, I guess, I mean, I could c continue to talk about this, but what do y'all want to know? Like, what what would be interesting to you about an Avatar RPG? I think, so, uh, like, to get a measure, like, uh, are you folks all, like, Avatar fans? Are you Korra fans? Are you, you know... Yeah, I've seen both. Have you watched yeah. five series? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason, have you? Yeah, yeah, I've watched, uh, I've watched all of Avatar, and I started Korra, and then I want to say we had our daughter, and... Ah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can so, be yeah. out for that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll get. I, I do actually want to get back to it. And actually, it's one of those things that I could 100% watch while working, so I should. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I love the universe. It's great. So good. Yeah, I think I take the 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 less popular opinion that I prefer Korra to Avatar. I feel like mm. it like the the characterization and the storytelling is like a little bit more, uh, like quote mature. Mm -hmm. Um. It deals with kind of heavier subjects in that, um, yeah, and also I think the the show in general is kind of there's a bit less filler. Like uh, Avatar has more fun, but it's more of like a it's a bit lighter. It's a little bit you know mm. there are episodes that you could almost entirely skip out because they're just off doing some fun kind of like world exploring stuff, mm -hmm. um, mm. where it always feels like it progresses forward with each episode. But have any of you read the comics as well? Given that this is drawing from those as well. I've read the comics and the the novels, the Kyoshi novels. Oh, I didn't know they were novels. I because I've yeah, read the comics cool. and really liked them, but yeah. Uh yeah, like the novels are great. They do a great job. Like sort of like the comics do, of sort of like really like taking that time to dive into like some like tensions and stuff like that that the that the show only kind of hints at. The Kyoshi novels definitely do that sort of stuff as well. So if you like the if you like the comics, I would recommend seeking out the novels, even if it's like on an e-reader. Check them out. They're not too long. Yeah, yeah, I think 
one of the things that like a lot of folks i guess will ask about and have been chatting about is the like the presence of bending which obviously is like mm. it's the big thing in the world right like it's the it's the bread and butter of what how you're going to be interacting yeah. with that world so in terms of like i've like <laughs> i think you and i chatted about it a bit like it kind of takes like a simplistic ish approach to it it's not super yes. heavy yeah, so it is not super mechanically heavy. It's there, and it can be a core part of your character. Uh, and I think when we get the full rules, it'll kind of, like, do a better job of showing that. This one doesn't really uh, approach it quite as much. You will... So, like, it's a Powered by the Apocalypse game, so it has playbooks. And the playbooks are not linked to bending. They're linked to sort of, like, the kind of person that you are. Like, there's one called the Bold, there's the Guardian, there's the Hammer, there's the Idealist. It is more about, like, what kind of person... Like, who are you personifying? Like, what are you as, like, your ideals and the things you believe in and how you interact with the world? And you could be any of those, and then you have, you could be a waterbender or an airbender, or you could just not bend at all. You can be, like, Sokka and have, like, advanced weaponry, or you can be, like, Asami from Korra and have a lot of, like, technology that you use. And those are just, like, the things that you use to solve problems and also to enact in, like, combat. And combat is its own different system that is not bending-based at all. Hmm. So it bending is there but it is not like it's not going to be like D&D where you get like third level bending spells or anything like that or once you reach level 10 you get your advanced blood bending if you're a waterbender it's nothing like that um, in fact something cool in there is that like so bendings are techniques that you can use in combat and they use a fatigue system so that like the first time you use it it costs like fatigue which is this like sort of resource that you need to spend and then get rid of in combat as you sort of like go into the fight and then sort of come back and take a more defensive position. It's a way to sort of spend fatigue. So that way it keeps you from just going like hammering all over, like every single time. You have to keep track of your fatigue. But then as you start to use these, you will go from learning an ability, like a bending ability, to uh, having it be practiced, which means it costs less fatigue or doesn't use any fatigue at all. And then you can, in the fiction, go to a master and do a quest to master that ability. And once you've mastered that bending ability, it's like free to use all the time. That is just a, like, that's your bread and butter. So it is there and it is important to your character and you can make stories around bending, but it is just not quite in that sort of like D&D-esque sort of like D20 fantasy way mm. that I think a lot of people were expecting when you when you think of a Avatar RPG. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's interesting though, but I, I would have expected it to be very combat-based, like, but, so that's very interesting to, to hear. It's, it's also, because it's powered by the apocalypse, I have only mm. played a few um, of them, yeah, Monster Hearts 2 most recently. Um, but just knowing that there is a co there is a system for combat is also is also um, good to hear. I yeah, mm. yeah. I think I think if you want, kind of wanted to uh, imagine if if you can read the rules, but also it's a lot like masks, especially because it's like it's about a younger like the rule the the guy is not explicit about this but obviously like it is you are telling stories about younger people like these are younger people who sort of like are using their potential their youth and their energy to like go out into the world and change it so i think it's going to strike a lot of the same chords as mask which magpie games also did so i i think they're bringing a lot of that experience to bear in developing this game um also explicitly like they use uh episodes and a series like a series arc to like sort of explain and their newcomers uh, how an RPG works, but it is also very much an explicit part of how they are structuring play session to session. They want everything to be like a one episode of an arc, and then it's like once you defeat the villain, or you you have explicit like goals for role playing, and once you finish that goal, they're like, 
maybe this is a new season. Maybe you think about choosing new scope uh, or choosing a new location to play in and that sort of stuff. So they really want it to like very much mirror Avatar The Last Airbender, the show, and how you sort of consume the original media. Which I think is a I think is a strength. If you're gonna bring that framework over in more than just a reference and build it into the foundation of how you how this plays, I think that that's they're gonna uh, it's gonna be stronger because of that. Yeah, I feel like episodes is like a very accessible thing, right? For most people, if you've never touched an RPG and have no idea what a campaign looks like, mm. imagining a season of TV is like a, a really easy way into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really cool, and it's out now, right? The the quick start at least. So it's out now. There's an adventure. There are pre-generated characters, so you could literally just like download that stuff, print it off, and get to a table within like ten minutes. You're ready to go. All right, so excited. excellent stuff. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, before we move on from news, I'm going to quickly mention as kind of an update to something we discussed last week or maybe the week before. Uh, we chatted about the fact that UK Games Expo announced that there would be no social distancing uh, restrictions in place. They mentioned that they would not be checking tests, they would not be requiring vaccinations and so on. Uh, they have since revised their rules. Oh, have they? Um, oh, have <laughs> they? Uh, there was, let's say, a reaction to that decision uh, um, online. Uh, some publishers pulled out of the show is taking place at the end of this month. Um, UK Games Expo has now said that it will, in fact, uh, require uh, negative um, COVID-19 tests um, or proof of vaccination or immunization, uh, and masks will be mandatory, which they weren't before. Um, you can, I would advise folks who are planning on attending that show or considering attending to obviously go and check the guidelines in full. Um, and obviously, in addition to those guidelines, take the kind of... Uh, you know, take the kind of steps for your own safety and the safety of others that you feel are appropriate. Um, let's say maybe in addition to the UK government's current guidelines. Um, go above and beyond. If, yeah. if they could be called guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you know. what do you call essentially the lack of anything? Uh, but yes, um, go <laughs> Negligence. Yes, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so go, go and check out those guidelines if you are attending, um, obviously, that show or any other shows. Like, make sure that you are looking after yourself, looking after others, like say, just, mm-hmm. you know, safe, t- take all the steps possible to be safe. Like at the end of the day, like wearing a mask is better than the the alternative. Like it's mm-hmm. assuming that you are able to wear a mask, of course. Mm. Um, so yeah, just, just look after yourselves, make sure that you are doing everything you can to stay safe if you are going to events such as this or going out. Uh, but like I say, go and, go and check out the guidelines in full. Um, but I wanted to to follow up and let folks know. So let's move on. Yes, yeah. Let's say it's better than the nothing that they have before. (laughs) I mean, Um, I wasn't here last week, but my official stance was that sucks um, and (laughs) shouldn't have been a thing. So this is great to hear. Yeah, Yeah, it's really interesting that they said, oh, it's not practical to have these measures in place. And then suddenly when people had a real backlash and publishers (laughs) were pulling out, they suddenly went, oh, yeah, we can make that happen. (laughs) Uh, But obviously that's that's my personal opinion and not the view of Dicebreaker. And, you know... I am not a lawyer, so I don't know the things involved <laughs> with private events that could set their own restrictions and now suddenly have found a way. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to this week's segment. <laughs> Live. Uh, uh, thank you, to, by the way, for those of you who wrote in after last week's segment, uh, where mm. Will's, if you missed that segment, you should go back and watch it because it was very amusing. Uh, that, that really skirted the line of the things we can say on this channel without <laughs> suddenly having to bleep them. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of folks followed up and suggested something similar uh, to the the orc, the orc or Oryx quiz that Wheels ran last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Liv, 
we yeah. turn to you as yeah. as our D and D correspondent, as established earlier this show. Look at this. Look at a callback. Um, <laughs> and you have put something together for us this week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hand over to you, Liv. What have we got? Come well, on. what we have is uh, so, so a few people suggested after Wheels's um, Wheels's game that uh, we do a D and D version that I run. And so here I have for you D and Deceit. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, So basically, I'm going to be taking, um, telling you real and fake uh, names of monsters that are available on D&D Beyond. So you have to tell me whether or not you think that they're real or that they're fake. And that's pretty much, pretty much it. Um, no googling folks come no, on be honest none googling please and thank you <laughs> Jason um, <laughs> but um, but yeah uh, so if we just start off with um, hopefully a simple one right giant hog is that a real is that a real a real monster you can fight in D&D according to D&D Beyond what do you think uh, are we going in a certain are we answering in a certain order here are we ah uh, not really, no. Just okay. <laughs> just free for all, I guess. Chaos. I feel like Giant, Giant Hog is like it's like that's a plain enough name where I can one hundred percent see that existing in D and D. Like for forty years of monsters, somewhere there just has to be a big old pig. Big old pig. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna say no. I have a very specific reason oh, that I'm not no. gonna say. Yep. But no. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm gonna copy Chase and all say so no. <laughs> all say so no. I could be sinking your ship, bud. That's fine. I've got no chance either way. So. <laughs> That's very exciting. Well, I will say, Chase and Jason, you are right. It is fake. Why? What was your reasoning, Chase? Um, most big creatures they use the term dire. Giants are a specific humanoid type. So if you have like, there's dire wolves, dire eagles. So it'd be a dire pig or dire boar instead. Interesting. I feel like. I've really exposed myself here as just <laughs> like an imposter to D and D. Like, yeah, you came to play in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> what I want to say like... is um, that that is definitely good reasoning. But I'll tell you what, it's not what. Okay, so what is real is a giant boar. There's a giant boar uh, and not a giant hog. Hmm. So okay, yeah. But, uh, right for the well, wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly. But right nonetheless. <laughs> Technically <We'll> correct. correct. <laughs> That's kind of correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, for the next one, we have... I'm keeping track of the, of the scores, by the way. For the next one, we um, have the adult sapphire dragon. Is that something that you can fight in D&D? D&D? Yes. I'm going with yes. Oh, immediate yes. All right. Okay. Yes. See, I'm going to say no. And no, I feel, well. yeah. yeah, I feel like specifying that it's adult is like I feel like they wouldn't put that in there. It'd just be like sapphire dragon. So that's my reasoning. Right. No, for a different reason. What's your reason? <laughs> um. So I know that the dragons are ba- broken down, but I believe they're broken down by primary colors and then metals, but not precious gems. So there's like gold, platinum, silver dragons, and then there's like just like black, green, white, red. Okay. I don't think they do jewels, but listen. They still could. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Me knows. And that is real. 
Jason, you got the point. Yes. It's real. <laughs> so uh, Matt, adult dragons are a thing. They have like adult and they have like, oh, what are the other ones? Basically smaller versions, like young dragons and stuff like Dragon that. Dragon Junior. Dra- <laughs> the DJs of the world, yes. Um, and, Please, my father was adult sapphire. Um, and uh, Chase, they do it, definitely have like red dragons, gold dragons, blah, blah, blah. But apparently sapphire dragon is, is an available dragon you can find on D mm. beyond so there's that where the fool i am okay so one second <laughs> okay we've got the next one which is a quetzalcoatlus a quetzalcoatlus could you spell it yeah i can yeah i can definitely do that okay so it's q u e t z a l c o a t l u s i'm gonna go with yes Okay. I'm, I'm going to assume this is real only because that spelling feels <laughs> like the kind of thing that if you if you put that much effort into it, like, honestly, you deserve to get one over on me. So, <laughs> Chase, what do you think? No. No? It's real. No. It's real. It's, uh, it's a dinosaur thing that you can fight. And it's... It's, it's a dinosaur. Hashtag dinosaur thing. Hashtag Isn't dinosaur it based thing? on... I want to say it's South American lore. It's oh, a creature that pops up in a few Final Fantasy games as well. Oh, yeah. Is it Kissa Kitsakotal? I'm not going to try and pronounce it. That's why I said no, because I know there's Quetzalcoatl, but I didn't. I thought like this was like a tech, like technically wrong. Like Quetzalcoatlus is different and not real. I, so, I, well, so I, I made a mistake putting this one in, I'll be honest, because every time I read it, I'm like, why did I put that in? I can't pronounce that. What What was I thinking? Um, yeah. All right. So that one, that one is real. I will say, Jason, you're in the lead, friend. So exciting. Okay. The next one is a Carnifex. I think I want to say that's real. I feel like that rings a bell. Yeah. I might be yeah, getting real. confused with something else. Yeah. I think I've heard that word before I in a D and D context. Chase, what did you go with? I said real, yeah. I said Jason, going... why aren't you copying my answers? Because <laughs> yeah. no, I, I don't think either of you are right. I think it's no. You think it's no? I feel like it's a Skyrim dragon. Oh no! Is no, that's that Parthenax. I'm gonna go with no. Okay. I'm gonna risk it all. <laughs> well, the risk paid off because it is fake. Good job, Jason. All right, so Carnifex is something that I. So I was like, huh, what's Latin for Satan? And it's that. <laughs> uh, That's what the Carnifex is. And apparently it's like a bunch of different, like, monsters in different, like, franchises and stuff. So it does make sense. Um, wow, Jason's steaming ahead. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> Not that he knows anything, is he's playing mind games with the rest of us. <laughs> Like it's hey, off. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm treating this like a game of Commander. I'm just gonna yeah. mess with everyone's heads until I've won. <laughs> it's paying off. If my mind games pay off. Actually, don't. No, don't do that. Don't take that uh, advice. Okay, so the next one we have is is an Alhoon. It's like owl, like Owlhoon, like O W L H O O N. Um, A L H O O N. Alhoon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go yes. You've got to be wrong at some point. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say no. I'm leaning in. Right. I would. T- I think if it was Owl Hoon, I would go mm-hmm. for it. But mm. 
No pun, no dice. It's mm. another point for Jason, folks. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, an Alhoon is a kind of like mind flare. Uh, like, you know, so the mind flares are like um, the uh, tentacle boys with like the, the they're basically squids. <laughs> mm, with all yep. The tentacle boys. The tentacle boys. The no, tentacles. tentacle boys was a perfect explanation. Squids in dressing so gowns, right? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm hmm. Exactly. Well, well dressed. Wet boys. <laughs> well dressed squid. The fancy squids, uh, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I will say that there are 20, <laughs> which is the same as Wheels' is, I think. Am I going to have to turn in my player's guide after this? It's... Look. I mean, you, you can send it to me. I don't have one. It's fine. I don't. I don't actually own any D and D books. <laughs> See, that's the thing. If you have the player's guide, that's all well and good. But what you need is the monster's manual. Then you'll yeah. know. No, true. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next one we have is a picol. That's P I K O L. Picol. Fake. Not real. Yeah, I think I'm. I don't know why, because Chase is doing about as well as I am. But I'm going to say yeah. that's that's not real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go with not real as well. It's not real. Nah, it's not real. <laughs> nah, it's not, not really. It's, I... it's too close to to a Pokemon. Oh, so... okay. I would just thought, I was just like <laughs> that sounds like pickle, and so that's why I put it. <laughs> it's fantasy pickle. Yeah, <laughs> the fantasy pickle. You know. Okay. The next one we have is a slod. S L A A D. That's it. Slard. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. I reckon that's real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go with yes too. It is real. Yeah, that's a re that's that's a real thing. A slard is like a I big frog person. <laughs> I think is uh, that's a thing. So, and I also just Slards. like it's, the it's way it's looking. Yeah, not mm. exactly. Frog. There's something about that word that makes me think of like a spread as well, like something <laughs> that you spread on toast. Uh, slard some, and jam some, sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you want some slard on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll take some slard. Thanks. Oh. Like schmear. Mm. <laughs> Bagel and slard. Um... No, thank you. <laughs> All right. I can't. I want to diet. Oh. <laughs> Fair. Thank you. Politely declining. Thank you so much. Um, okay. The next one we have is a cackler. Which, honestly, you could just call me a cackler. I feel like that defines you pretty well. <laughs> Is it like cackler as it sounds, or is it spelt with like an A at the end or something like that? Um, so it's, yeah, it's as it sounds. So it's C A C K L E R, cackler. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with yes. Fake. Oh, oh, we split the room already. Oh, so you've said it's fake. Okay, right, okay. Matt. I reckon it's fake. I reckon it's too it's too much of a normal word. Like it's, mm -hmm. I feel like they, they yeah. try to just tweak fake. a couple of letters in there. Mm. Like Fake. for trademarks, if nothing else. Fair. Uh, it is real though, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is insane. Uh, oh my god. I'm really god. worried that I've picked up loads of D&D knowledge <laughs> without realizing it, and I don't know what it's replaced. Like I've probably <laughs> lost family memory memories. At some point. <laughs> yeah, just like the first time you walked, you just—it's all gone now. Gone. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'll never forget the, the time the baby first cackled. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so a cackler is like a demon creature and they can cast uh, Tasha's, hideous, he, Tasha's Hideous Laughter. That's why I know people. it. Mm. Uh, That's why I know it, because yeah. I literally wrote about that because I adore the card in uh, Avengers. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm. There you are. There you are. Um, all right. The next one we have is a Dust Devil. That's D-U-S-T, D-U-S-T, Devil. 
It's a real I'm gonna case. Say, I'm going to say no, because I think it's a brand of like vacuum cleaner or something, <laughs> or like motorized mop. Uh-huh. I feel like I've seen those words attached to a product somewhere. Which then means we wouldn't be able to be a, a monster. <laughs> New I'm... from JML, the dust devil. <laughs> Chase's yes was so convincing, I'm going to go Are ahead your and flaws agree with him. So. dust devils? <laughs> <laughs> it is real. Uh, it's a dust devil. Oh, it's so a close. thing. It's an elemental, I'm pretty sure. So, so one for Chase and one for Jason. Okay. Now, what you're thinking of are dirt devils. It's a vacuum dirt devil. One. That's it. Is yeah. that actually a thing? Oh. Good instinct. A uh, dust devil's a small tornado in the desert, right? Like, mm. actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh. The more you know. Um, mm. Next, on from dust to mud. Mud snake. M-U-D mm-hmm. snake. Mud snake. That's a toughie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with no. I say no, too. Yeah, I think that's that's probably not real. Yeah, it's not real. My mud snake's not real. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> It was a good one, but Thank you. it's getting better. Yeah, I feel like it's it's just like almost like you can you can imagine just coming across a mud snake. Like at some point, mm-hmm. those kind of like very plain adjective like mm-hmm. name of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, those um, are the, the trickiest ones to judge. Exactly. Yep. Sure. I um I I, tr- I tested this out on a couple of my friends. Um, and they were like, surely mud snake is just code for poop. And I was like, how dare you besmirch my mud snake? <laughs> <laughs> I've had so much slard, and now like <laughs> yeah. you would oh, not. You gotta go drop off the mud snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrible, but atrocious. Yes. <laughs> Just remember the dust devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, all right. Uh, after that, we have the magma method. Magma method. Magma method. So magma, like lava, and then a method is a method. So yeah. That sounds yeah. D&D-ish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah alright, yeah. I'll go for that one. <laughs> yeah, alright, yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah. At this point, I might as well guess randomly. So <laughs> if anything, I should go against the thing that That's I think what is I've actually been doing. the right answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's paying off because a magma method is real, yeah. So, <laughs> good job, everyone. I feel like everyone's just kind of, like, listening to, like, what Jason's going to say and going, oh, yeah, no, yeah, totally. <laughs> we learned after those first few rounds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got a meta game, mate, in my case, just... <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, it's working because you're you're, you know, catching up slightly to Jason. So, this... <laughs> um, all right. The next one we have is a mind boggler. So, no. M I N D and then boggler. I, yep. I feel like no because it feels like the it feels like a mind flare that would appear in a mm. children's book. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's games. like yeah, it's like the mind flare, but it's not quite as nasty. It's like a baby like, it's just mind a mind That's it's one of the shows on Dragon Junior, their YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna say no as well. Yeah. All right, you're all correct. That is not a thing. I should have realized that telling you um, that bringing up the mind flayers may have been a mistake on my part earlier. Mm, um, but <laughs> but still, all right. Um, the next we have is scum. 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 So S K U M. Scum. Oh, okay. Ooh. No. No, but it sounds like no. a band I would have listened to at the age of fourteen. I definitely listened to. I yeah. definitely got that yeah. EP somewhere <laughs> and blew out my hearing yeah. at some point in a dingy bar listening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're all wrong. Scum is real. Ooh, really? That's right. Scum is real. Scum is real. Yeah. Gotta believe Isn't that in scum. Isn't that the truth nowadays? 
scum is real and it's everywhere uh yes <laughs> that's uh that's it okay so um the next one we have is um yabo lord of tyranny it's lord of tyranny oh wait yabo wait how do you spell yabo uh y-b-o-y-e yabo i hope that's probably it yeah. i'm gonna say no mm-hmm. because i think we've encountered a monster similar to this in Dungeon Breaker. Right. And so I feel like... But I also have no idea. So I'm following Matt off this cliff, yeah. I'll say no as well. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm yeah. also gonna... I'll jump Still, on in. The nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah, you're all... It's wrong. It's fake. It's not real. I... Oh, right. So the story behind this is that... The... So... There is one called Yagoral, Lord of Entropy. <laughs> so it just made it your boy. Yeah, so mine is your boy. boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> I just couldn't believe Yagoral. Um, What's up, YouTube? It's your boy, Lord of Tyranny. <laughs> We're going to be torturing some people today. I'm glad you could join us. Don't of course. Like, subscribe. Yeah. And, yeah. and suffer eternal torment. <laughs> That's in the MTG uh, YouTube crossover that they're yeah. doing in a few months. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh god. Um, yes. So that is that's them. Um, that's all of them. Oh no, that's not all of them. No. no oh no. no. Okay. <laughs> we got like I don't know eight more or something. Then we're done. Right. Next one is Air Anomaly. Anomaly? Hmm. No. I'm gonna say I don't no. think so. That's too scientific for this fantasy game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go yes. Okay. It is fake. You've beat Jason all of them. <gasps> Finally. You've done I it. Just not... I should have yeah, stuck to my strategy yeah, of disagreeing with you guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you can't beat me, so it's fine. Um, yeah, so basically, <laughs> yeah, Air Anomaly is my version of Water Weird, because Water Weird is, is uh... a thing. So that's that. Um, the next one is Damned Speaker. Like D A M N E D. Speaker. Damned Speaker. Hmm. I reckon no. But in my head, it looks like the mouth of Sauron. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's real. Mm-hmm. It sounds too much like something that my granddad would shout at the hi fi system. Damn, speak up. I'll say yes. Okay. I'll be a contrarian. I think yes as well. It's fake. You did it, Matt. You did oh. it. <laughs> I'm bezeled. <laughs> Mind <Yeah>. boggled. <laughs> <laughs> mind officially boggled yeah no i was like that sounds like some kind of you know skeleton man that would warn you of something ominous and then leave right the damn speaker yeah yeah um the next one is uh stench cow uh i'm gonna say yes just because i want it to be real right i have two but i gotta say no i know i'm in last place i gotta catch up i'm going with yes because i also want it to be real i feel like (laughs) stench cow would open for scum (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Second bill, right? yeah, they're on the same bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Especially... down, down, down speak is the MC. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> I want to go to this gig. Um, but yeah, Stench Cow is real. Stench is Cow. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Cow with a K. Doesn't change anything, but it's oh. Cow with a K. Uh, it's more metal, is what? Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> Some writer filmed it. That was a Friday creature. Someone made that on a Friday at four o'clock. <laughs> Like we've got one page left to fill. Uh, just looks out the window. Mm-hmm. A stench cow. No. A stench cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
um, I was like listening to like the pronunciations because D and D Beyond has like the um, speaker you click and then you'll pronounce it, and uh, it was just Marisha Ray from Critical Role saying stench cow, and I was just not prepared. Um, <laughs> like, why is she here? Um, <laughs> but yes, Look, the world needs to know about stench cow and its pronunciation. So <laughs> someone, someone's got to you know step up. Yeah, and I'm glad Marisha did. Good for her. Um, okay, the next one we have is Horror of the Hells. No. I reckon, yeah, n- no. Because I feel like they... They, uh... They, uh... What do you... Oh, gosh, I can't even think of the word. They hand out jobs to... They, you know... Wait, they have a load of different lords that sort that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. their hells are numbered, like, in yeah. the lore. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to say no. Okay. As that all all know? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got me, yes, yeah, fake. <laughs> if you had said, like, something of the fifth hell, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. That's real. That's 100%. <laughs> Anything of the fifth hell is real. Mm-hmm. Always the fifth hell. No other Mild hell. Mild inconvenience of the fifth hell. <laughs> Smack yeah. bang in the middle. I, I like... Yeah. <laughs> um, you are, you're doing well. You've got three more and you're catching up on Jason, so um, <clears throat> this could be all to play for. All right, the next one is... Elder Black Pudding. I'm going to say yes. Because no. I'm pretty sure... A, I'm pretty sure... A, hmm, there is a pudding of some kind in D&D. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Delicious. the Black Pudding is also food, but I feel like Elder Black Pudding is enough of a... enough of a thing. I reckon so. Yeah, I say no. I'm going with no. It's real. Elder Black Pudding's oh. real. <laughs> I knew black pudding was real, but I didn't think they got old. It's pudding. <laughs> How can you tell if it's an elder black pudding? Does it's it have a, a? It's elder, just more cynical. Elder's yeah, more it's powerful. Just more cynical. Yeah. Mm, yeah it's powerful yelling at the damn speaker to get off the lawn, but yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> That's what you make from a stench cow. Is is elder black pudding? Oh, terrible! Gosh, no. Hmm? Um, Add on your slide. Slide oh, no. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a couple of slices side. of elderberry pudding, yeah, yeah. and some stench cow. It's yeah. a classic D and D breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, t- so terrible, terrible D and D breakfast. Um, all right, good job, Matt. Um, okay, two more. Next one is man trap. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I saw you type. <laughs> no, I was I was writing down the word stench cow for the title of the podcast. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um why you were all very very quick on that. Why? I feel like it's, it's just a giant plant, right? Mantrap is a is a manning plant, I think. In my I think head. so too. But it's also just like it's just esoteric enough that I think it passes from like mundane into fantastical. Yeah. Yep, it's real. Yeah, there's a man trap. <laughs> Congratulations, everyone, on the man trap. Um, all right, this is the last one, right. and it is. Is it all to play for, or is? Yeah. Actually, don't don't tell us yet. Yeah, it's yeah. Play I know Jason's one, but you know we'll we'll play along. Loop Guru. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's the French werewolf, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Did D and D Beyond pronounce it Loop Guru? I don't think so. No, that's just. Oh, a, a special... I think it's. I think it's Luguru. Probably is for using the 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 French pronunciation. Ah, oh, yes. Is it specifically a werewolf who is who is French? <laughs> French. Yes. It's, yeah. 
I would go into French stereotypes, but I I, I don't want to. Um, <laughs> but um, all right. So we have got in third place is Chase with eleven. I'm so sorry, Chase. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm so bold at the beginning. In second place, we have Matt with 13 and Jason wins Storming Ed with 16 out of 20. That's wild. Good job. Yeah, well played, Jason. Well played. But yeah, thank you very much, Lip, for the good quiz. Yeah, that was that was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was that was good fun. Ah, good. A stench cow. Stench I'm cow. I spent my weekend <laughs> reading up on the monster manual because clearly <laughs> I don't know enough as I should to be in this job. I mean, no, I mean that's great though because like in if we do more well when we do more Dungeon Breaker, you're not gonna know what monsters we're coming up against, which is gonna be you know the oh, honest yeah. way to play. So. Although if we run across a stench cow, I'm gonna be how badly does that cow smell? <laughs> And if they're like, is it a stench? It's pretty bad. I'll be like, I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's Dean Deceit. Yeah, thanks very much, Liv. Oh, well, I uh, appreciate be- it. Before we close out this week's podcast, let's take a couple of questions from the chat and from emails. If you've got a question for us, you can drop it in the chat if you're watching live. Email. You can email us. Thank you. You can email us at podcast at dicebreaker.com. Hey, or you can just find us on Twitter at Join Dicebreaker. Just, just get in touch. However you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear. From you. Um, Liv, are you in this document? I am. <clears throat> Hello. Would you actually? You did a whole quiz. I'll let you. I'll let you. I can read this fine if you want. <laughs> uh, Chase, would you like to read this one from Amnestus, please? Yeah. <clears throat> First off, love you all. Thank you, Amnestus, for Thank the you. love. Um, Wheels did an amazing orky job. Uh, but surprised there was no mention of gits, squigs, diganobs, or purple orcs. Uh, now, bonus question, which one of those was made up? Um, no, it's not in the question. That's editorializing. Well, as, um, far as, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> um, what would be the weirdest crossover mashup game you could think of that would have no business being together, but somehow work? Yours truly, Amnestus. Yeah, thank you for the question. Mashup games. Does, uh, it have, I mean, does it have to just be board games, or can I bring video no, games? No, no, no. <laughs> go, go for it. Okay, yeah. so Dungeons and Dragons and Rocket League would be <laughs> the weirdest yeah. thing. Yeah, how does that work? I don't. Is know. it <laughs> the same combat rules, but it's like you move five feet every turn? You have to like, collect like, boost <laughs> instead of mana. Just excruciatingly slow Rocket League. Yeah, or this is just fifth edition Mad Max, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's riding stench cows, and you have to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Which is like wizards cool. bring back Gamma World. Do it in some Mad Max style. That's what I want. <laughs> I think so. I'm, I'm okay. I'm trying to think of something else. Um, but mm. yeah, I'm desperate. To be honest, at this point, I feel like there's a mashup for everything. Mm. That trying to think of something that's completely like out of the blue or out of left field is actually difficult because at some point you've got minions exploding kittens, and <laughs> yeah. you know. Warhammer 40k magic, and it just feels like, you know, D&D <laughs> Cluedo. So, so, I was in the LGS the last weekend, and are y'all familiar with the game Starcrossed? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's played with, a, played with a Jenga tower, it's two people, unrequited love, like, unsaid feelings. So what if it was that, but instead of a Jenga tower, it was Twister? Oh. That would make that that would make that sort of like expression of feelings a little bit more awkward. Different, I think. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like that's almost like verging into like one of those traditional like hen slash stag party mm-hmm. things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like sexy dice. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> have oh, you God. seen the sexy dice? <laughs> yeah. yeah, the ones that have yeah, like body parts on one die mm-hmm. and yeah. instructions on the other. Like mm-hmm. sniff ear. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> sniff ear. I don't want to. I mean, <laughs> sniff ear. Non sexy dice would be better, where it's just like mm. not like not traditionally sexy body parts and not traditionally sexy actions mm-hmm. but it's just like observe yeah a ponder Ob- elbow yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ob- <laughs> ponder wash. elbow is very good yeah. is good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wash elbow oh good sure um, yeah, important. Uh, i'm trying to think of mashups i just genuinely don't know i like think i have one um, kind of following on with like Starcrossed and like the love themed board games, Fog of Love and Betrayal of the House on the Hill. So oh. it's just a big breakup in, in like oh, a that's... B&B <laughs> on the hill. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so like, is the traitor turn like the moment that the split happens? <clears throat> that's, mm-hmm. oh wow, that's a... Uh, maybe yeah. you're working together. Maybe you're, maybe you're against each other. Maybe the monster... It was your partner all along, but you take away the rose tinted glasses, you know? Like, mm. <laughs> that's mine. I like that. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. It's like maybe you have to avoid the room that each of you is in because otherwise it results in an awkward conversation. Like, <laughs> or you, you have to avoid the room where the big fight happened, else you, like, you know, take more psychic damage. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, <laughs> and then. I. Physical damage is like when you play the twister version of, of uh, Starcrossed. That's the physical damage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to see a mashup between like your very like traditional like Eurogame like farming sim, basically something like Agricola, <laughs> and something like Gaslands, like fast pace, <clears throat> like or X Wing. So instead of oh, wow. starships or cars, <laughs> it's harvesters and tractors but you have stench to maneuver cow. them so that they stench cows uh, <laughs> you have to maneuver them so that they are going to properly harvest the field so you're carving mm. away through the the field and then you have to deliver that to wherever it goes after that i'm not a farmer um <laughs> what? you deliver that to the bread place um mm-hmm. and then it becomes it. bread yeah uh, that's what i want to see is like the kind of like mechanics of a fast paced like maneuver based miniatures game but applied to like very mundane activities the other one is supermarket sweep the board game (gasps) you have aisles you have to maneuver your trolley which only has limited turning capability Mm -hmm. down the aisles pick up the items that you need and get to the checkout before someone else i really wonder why they haven't made a supermarket sweep yeah right yeah fun fact supermarket sweep the very first episode premiered on the day i was born (laughs) that's my really that's my fun fact yeah (laughs) It's wow. my legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Intertwined fates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Wait, have we all suggested one? Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for your question. Let's do one more before we close out. Uh, Liv, mm. would you like to read this bottom one from Baron Breakfast, please? I can do. All right. Uh, so we have... Uh, from Baron Breakfast, what is your favorite multiplayer board game that works best for only two players? Thank you, Baron Breakfast. Is that the right one? It's fine. It's a one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what, what am I looking at? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we actually have a list of these. I think we have one on the YouTube channel as well, but we definitely have one on the uh, website. Words are failing me today. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, really like Shobu, um, which is a game I think I've mentioned before. It was one of my favorite games of like 2019. Um, it's very simple. You play on wood boards. It's kind of like a traditional abstract game in the same way that like chess is or checkers or go name name your favorite abstract traditional board games it's like one of those it has black and white stones it's played on a grid board um but the really interesting thing about it is it's kind of a game where you every move you make is mirrored on a different board and the first move you make doesn't change anything but the mirrored move like pushes stones and you're trying to push your opponent off of enough boards to claim victory and it's very simple the components are very simple but i would recommend you buy it to support the publisher but it's the kind of game where you could feasibly play it if you just drew some grids on a piece of paper or used a stick in some sand and found some pebbles on a beach it's a really like the components in the box are really beautiful there's like a line of rope that separates the mirrored boards and they're like kind of chunky um like carved wooden boards with pebbles um, but it's a really lovely looking game. It's very simple, but it's a really, really kind of good, quick um, game that's very easy to teach. And like one of those games that you feel has existed for like hundreds of years, but actually someone came up with it in like the last five years or so. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. a really, really good game. Nice. Um, yeah, I have one that it, it's not, um, you don't have to play with just two players, but I think it works quite well with two players is uh, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Um, which is just like, it's so good. It's so good. Like, um, you, uh, if, for anyone who hasn't played, basically you have like a list of, it's, uh, gosh, how does it even work? It's so good. I don't even, so you have like a whole map of London and you have specific clues that you start off with and you're Sherlock Holmes and you have to go to specific places and you like have to chart out like, okay, so for this certain clue, we should go to this location and we should speak to this person. And then it has like a, basically like choose your own adventure like guidebook that you like refer to for the specific um specific scenes that you have to read out um and it is so much fun and it is like i think i I prefer to play that with less players because it feels like if there's two of you it feels like you are sherlock holmes and dr watson and you're actually doing these things and um yeah that's my recommendation because otherwise it can be a bit like too many cooks spoil the broth kind of thing um so yeah i'm i'm with you Like, I think, like, because one person can have that, one person can have book, and you can swap around, but mm-hmm. I think you're totally right. It's, like, more than two just feels like you're then having to, like, crowd round and, like, mm-hmm. share it and stuff. And yeah. But those games are real hard as well. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a reason that people just know them as Sherlock Holmes insulting detective, because <laughs> as soon as you go and check the questions at the end, and Sherlock's like, oh, you got everything wrong. Like, the, <laughs> like yeah, no, don't worry, I solved it for you while you were off gallivanting around, like... The wrong streets and it's like oh, i still had a great time sherlock so jokes on you i guess he's so, a real winner <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh you've got your uh, agency do you well you know i'm working for you please don't fire me <laughs> even though i'm apparently bad at my job and you're just sat here criticizing me for it but... mm-hmm. victorian london is hell please help me sherlock please <laughs> yeah. that's fine case jason any uh, two-player favorites well, so Liz, or excuse me, Liv took mine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. I was also going to be, uh, but I guess for like slightly different reasons, uh, I just really enjoy the sort of like taking, like whenever I play with my partner, we will take like the evening to play 
and we just do real slow. So like we'll kind of just set it out. We'll talk about things. And we do the same sort of stuff with like shows where we like we'll sometimes like pause and talk about stuff or in between episodes we have a sort of discussion breakdown. Um, so uh, yeah, I I mean Sherlock Holmes is still like mine because we just like sort of will cook dinner in the middle of it. We make a whole evening affair. Like we could just do two hours, but like sometimes we'll just like stretch that time out. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be like. My- the nerd in me speaking but it seems like a quite a good date night game i don't know yeah totally could be mm. yep yeah. Uh, yeah but i also agree with just like all of the other points about like feeling like sherlock and watson it's i think it's best played with two players my cop-out answer is seven wonders duel which is just like already a thing that exists it's just another version but it's still just one of my favorite two-player games it's a version of a game that you can play multiplayer nice nice jason uh it's a I don't play that many board games because I have two cats and a toddler, and uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to say how beautiful your cat or... is, who keeps walking back and forth. Uh, he's he's actually a coward. He's he's very pretty, <laughs> but uh, he's he's a coward and a bit of an idiot. Bless him. Um, but yeah, it's a version. My favorite two-player one is a version of uh, Magic: The Gathering called Pack Wars, which I actually wrote about on the site. Um, it's where you have uh, twenty-five sleeves, you have ten lands. Uh, ideally guild gates, one of each guild gates, you've got access to all the mana. You t- open a pack of uh, Magic the Gathering, just a, a booster. Without looking, you sleeve them all up, and then you shuffle, and then you just play through a normal game of Magic like that. And because you have no idea what you've got, um, it's a really cool way to discover a new set, and it's just a good way of cracking boosters without just opening them for the hell of it, which is usually what happens. Um, and it can result in some incredibly entertaining matches. You can do it multiplayer, but more often than not, what happens if there's more than two people is that just everybody builds up a board state and nothing happens. So it works at its best with two people. I've been wanting to play Pack Wars on <clears throat> the site because I think it's just like it's the perfect level of magic for me. Where like I can't remember if I did. I probably discussed this on the podcast previously. I know I've discussed it before with folks, but it's like that perfect level of I'm not big into the deck construction side, but I like the kind of main mechanics. Mm. I, I don't mm. mind just throwing caution to the wind and being like. If it's a chaotic nonsense deck, that's fine by me. Like, yeah. Just let me at it. Let me experience it as I reveal it. Like that's really appealing to me. So I've been, yeah, I really want to play Pack Wars when I get a chance. It's a lot of fun. All right, mm-hmm. nice. Well, I think that is all we've got <clears throat> on this week's podcast. Before we leave you, thank you so much for being here, Jason Coles. Thank you very much for having me. You, other than on Dicebreaker.com, of course. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Enerday Strife, um, which is. Uh, E-N-O-T-H-E, and then Strife, all one word. I'm also on Twitch, because I stream occasionally. Uh, and then I do work for other places. But I'm freelance, so I'm not promoting them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to hear. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here. Chase, of course, a valued news reporter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can find me on Dicebreaker. Go read all our stuff. Um, with me and off this week, it's just been me and Matt filling the site. So please go read all our stuff. But yeah, I'm regularly there five days a week. You can find me on Twitter at Chase Writes. Stuff. Thank you, Liv, of course, as always. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Uh, thank you so much for having me, and thank you as well for joining us, everyone, on episode 67, which is Stairway to Heaven, Made in Heaven, the bingo call that I forgot to Dude. do for Lola. Yes. Right, slipping <laughs> in at the end. We yep. like to keep on the toes. Uh-huh. Stairway to Heaven is actually an all right one as well. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, we've put so many naff ones up front. Like, <laughs> we finally get a decent one, and it's right at the end. I, yeah. <laughs> I am uh, delivered. <laughs> 
uh, I feel about Jarvis. Thank you all for listening and watching. If you're watching or listening to this, uh, of course, you can find us on dicebreaker.com. You can find us on youtube.com slash dicebreaker. You can catch this very podcast every Friday live from 2 p.m. BST, or you can go find it on like Spotify and iTunes and places like that. Uh, you can find everything else on the website. I'm not going to repeat them. You know that you know the score. Uh, but until we meet again, stay safe out there, look after yourselves, and have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>